the big kind of claim to fame there is another funny business story about thinking you're on top and losing it is the video sales letter. I don't know if you're kind of familiar with oh, yeah. uh, those. So essentially, we actually made the very first one ever. I think we did about $4 million in sales of the course in a really short period of time. Nice. But I think net-net, we lost about $250,000. We stand today. The Business Method. With a shout-out. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There is a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Hey podcast junkies, welcome back to the show and one of our first episodes under the Business Method podcast title. We're excited to share with you what we have in store today. Today, the co-founder of Baby Bathwater Institute and internet marketing pro Hollis Carter is joining us on the show. I know many of you are thinking, wait, did he just say Baby Bathwater Institute? And what does that have to do with internet marketing? Well, let me explain. Our guest today, Hollis, is an internet marketer from back in the day. And today we chat on a variety of things from the internet marketing wild, wild west, being the original creator of the video sales letter and earning $4 million, then losing $250,000. He is also the co-founder of Baby Bathwater Institute. And this is a private community of entrepreneurs making seven figures and higher that also hosts conferences for seven-figure entrepreneurs as well. Currently, Baby Bathwater is hosting a retreat on an island in Croatia coming up June 6th through 11th, and it'll be full of incredible talks, masterminds, and fun activities. I'll be going, and I recommend you come if you can. Later in the show, Hollis and I chat about the formation of Baby Bathwater and the incredible company that it's become today. I recommend you guys check out this episode. Now let's welcome Hollis to the show. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Hollis Carter, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Good. And you're calling in live from Boulder, is that right? Yeah, Boulder, Colorado. Just got back in last night, so glad to be home. Now, I, I know a handful of people out of Boulder, and just curious for the listeners, why why do you pick Boulder? Uh, well, I grew up in Atlanta, and uh, you know, once I found out you didn't have to be humid and hot and surrounded by you know crappy fast food and uh, <laughs> racist people and stuff like that, I was like, uh, I moved to Colorado, but I actually lived in Aspen and Crested Butte and Breckenridge before this, and just loved skiing and being in the mountains. And then uh, my current business partner, him and his wife, were going to move out, but she wouldn't move to a ski town, so we settled on uh, Boulder as our thing, and then 
I had never stayed anywhere more than three years, and I came here, and I've been here now six and planning on staying for a while. It's just very entrepreneurial, tons of good, healthy food, easy to go to the mountains, and just pretty perfect for the situation I'm in right now. Sounds nice, man. I have to check it out. Well, we're definitely glad you're, you're joining us. We're, we're coming upon <clears throat> the big Baby Bathwater Croatia event, and you're one of the co-founders for it. And we want to get this, the whole story behind Baby Bathwater I've just found out recently about the company and the conferences that you guys do, and um, I'd never heard about them before, and I was blown away. And I have some good friends that are connected and part of the organization. But first off, we want to kind of get to know you a little bit and your background. I've heard you've done some amazing things as an entrepreneur pre-baby bathwater. So I'm just going to give you the mic for a couple minutes, and you can tell us your story. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, and very excited about the event. I think we're leaving in like seven days to start setting up. So yeah, it's, getting close. Um, it's kind of my uh, my last day of, you know, off-sea calls and stuff like that. And then it's on. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically, uh, probably a similar story to many uh, who've gone down the entrepreneurial path. I just kind of always had it in my blood. Like, I think I started my first business when I was 12. Nice. Um, so... I'm wildly dyslexic. I suck at spelling and math and all the things that made you good at school and good for, I also very not good at playing politics. So it would have been bad in the corporate world. <laughs> um, and my dad, I think noticed that pretty early on. And so he actually gave me a lawnmower when I was 12 for Christmas, which is not the most exciting Christmas present. Um, they gave me that in this J Abraham, uh, manual back in the day, pre-internet days of like letters from roofing companies, and uh, oddly enough, I started studying direct response uh, before I could drive. Oh, really? And uh, you know, essentially wrote these crazy, funny letters that my mom drove me around in the minivan, and I put them in everyone's mailbox, and some people yelled at me for opening their mailbox and <laughs> things like that. It was fun, but uh, you know, before I knew it, the letter worked. And I hadn't actually done any work yet, but I had uh, 30 people take me up on my offer, which was like, blow the leaves off your driveway for free. <laughs> and if you like the service, si- sign up for uh, mow, edge, and blow of your you know whole yard um, twice a month. And so I did a free trial and a direct response letter and a continuity, all these things. Uh, I didn't know what that meant. I just followed this little book my dad had given me and... And just went for it. Um, and the frame was pretty funny from him. It was like, you're probably going to be unemployable, so we should start working on skills uh, <laughs> and different things like that. So, you know, it, it was definitely fun. I learned a lot. Like, I was having to hire kind of day laborers to help me out and had to go find one who could drive so I could go to school and they could do all the work while I was at school and do that. And I did a lot of it myself as well and got into arborist stuff and was climbing trees and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I ended up then getting a job one day a week at the local nursery where I bought the pine straw and the seeds and all that so I could get the discount. And then I bought seeds and I grew these plants called hostas that everyone in Georgia has around their house. And so I was also growing the plants I was selling to the people to plant at their house and just learned a, a whole shitload about business real fast. Uh, and I remember the biggest lessons were really around collecting money from people it was like the hardest part. And uh, I remember having conversations with my dad. Oh, today's the day you got to walk around and bang <laughs> on the doors. And oh, I just be like, oh, I hate that part. And um, just learned a ton uh, very early about the ins and outs and how it all worked. Uh, and it was super fun. 
then I took kind of a you know a funny left turn near the end. I got more interested in partying and girls, so I uh, I started selling fake IDs, um, <laughs> and uh, ended up getting arrested for that. And spending all the all the money I made. Uh, I think I got arrested the night before prom too, and actually was had the uh, the prom queen as my date, and I did not show up. Um, for oh wow! <laughs> um, so I was like, you know, I learned a lot of lessons quick. And learned how quickly you can be on top and then be down below um, by not watching out for the risks you're taking. Um, and then, yeah, then I basically, uh, from there, in Georgia, it was kind of interesting. They gave you free college if you had, like, a, a B average. And I really didn't want to go to college, but I had this free scholarship thing, so my parents kept kind of pushing me to do that. So I did it, but I quit all the time and would, I was, like, starting little businesses and I was really into the outdoors. So I was raft guiding on the weekends up in Tennessee. And then I went and took uh, two semesters off and got all my certifications for rock climbing, for mountaineering, for skiing, for river rafting, for all of it. Um, came back, was just going to kind of pursue a, a career as a guide and doing that because I thought it was more of a passion lifestyle thing. And uh, ended up falling and uh, breaking my foot Um just enough where I could still walk on it. And that night I was out dancing. I dipped two girls at once in a pair of Chacos and a whole foot separated. <laughs> and uh, it, was, uh, it was a funny incident. Um, and funny enough, my best friend and roommate at the time, he also broke his right foot um, to a backflip off the house. Um, so we were, we were both, I think, 20 years old and couldn't walk on our right legs. And we Googled how to make money on the Internet. Um, because could, he was playing in a band and I was a ref guy. We couldn't do those things. Um, we saw this crazy ad to make like $100,000 a day selling stuff on the internet. <laughs> and uh, we thought it was a scam, but we were bored and interested. So we actually followed it and it was like two hours away in like Podunk Town in South Georgia. Drove down there, ended up meeting the guy. Uh, and it was just a really weird thing. He kind of bought some of those online courses and he was just following the scripts of building an email list and selling these workshops for other people. And I think it was halfway through the first day, I was like, hey man, can I like do this different? And I tweaked the script and he hadn't made an actually sale from this giant team of salespeople he was pulling off this Craigslist ad. And uh, I ended up making a sale that day for him. It was like a $5,000 commission. It was wow. like pretty, pretty big deal. Um, for us at the time and uh, long story short this guy had bought almost every course on how to make money online he was trying to implement all of it and just trying to hire people off Craigslist like us to help him and uh, we ended up becoming his business partners both uh, my roommate best friend and, and this guy uh, named Keith and um, we ended up building some info courses together throwing lots of uh, events in the space it was kind of wild west internet marketing days mm -hmm. and we were just learning all this in new interesting information and uh, the conferences and learning in person was really where the real info was. And um, the big kind of claim to fame there is kind of a, another funny business story about thinking you're on top and losing it um, is the video sales letter. I don't know if you're kind of familiar with oh, yeah. uh, those. So essentially, we actually made the very first one ever. Um, and what happened was we were managing some email lists for people. We sent out an email 
and started getting crazy commissions. And we we're like, this is the best anything's ever done. And I can't even figure out how to buy what was sent. Mm-hmm. And finally, my dad sent me an email. Actually, he's like, uh, that thing you guys sent out, like, you have to listen to a 45 minute video. And there's like a URL at the end you have to go to. And I didn't have the patience to get to it, but he saw it. And so I emailed the guy who we had sent the opera for and said, like, something worked here and we're going to figure it out. So we took four different products on ClickBank and we made video sales letter versions of those before that was a term and uh, proved that it worked. Those were the case studies and we sold a course on how to do video sales letters that many of like, even the people I work with today about Florida, that's how we got to know each other. They uh, essentially, you know, used that and made a bunch of money. I think we did about 4 million in sales of the course in a really short period of time. Nice. Um, but I think net net we lost about $250,000. Um, because we learned we did like all of the affiliate prizes, mm-hmm. zero questions asked refund policy on a downloadable $2,000 product, <laughs> um, like all this stuff. So it's like we learned a lot. We had a bunch of customers who had a ton of success, and we lost our shirt. Um, so I then transitioned out of that and wanted to go into software. Um, we had created a clone of Facebook. And so basically I drove around and I sold that to Montessori schools wow. to build a case study. So it was, you know, it was, Facebook was only in college at the time. What year was this? That was 2005, I want to say. Okay. Um, and so essentially we were able to, maybe six. Um, but basically we, we said, hey, look, the college we're in, they have this cool thing. It's connecting parents, teachers, students, administrators, everyone together. Um, we made a really stripped down version of it. I think we spent about $2,000 on programmers in India and micromanaged it and got it done because we didn't know anything about coding. Um, so then we created a, a business opportunity out of that of create your own social networking sites for different niches. And we made like a list of every niche we could think of and people could reserve the niche and buy the product. So it was like a guy did it for RVs or for swimming or for whatever. And, uh, did really well. I think we sold about 2,500 licenses of that. And it was it was actually profitable and had reoccurring with it. Kind of took our lessons by trial and all the things we learned about internet marketing from our first kind of gig, and you know had our first real success. And we were independent, and that's when I moved out to Colorado for the first time and was able to pretty much ski every day and work a little in the morning and work a little at night. And got into you know taking real trips and taking kind of advantage of that whole weird period of time of the, the little laptop lifestyle thing that was sort of new and was just really in a good position to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, we did the same model, but we did it for Groupon when Groupon came out. And we had learned a lot more. We got better at business. And we sold the same business opportunity to start your own daily deal sites. And that one actually did really well. Um, same thing. We did a video sales letter. We came up with an offer. We had affiliates. After we did affiliates, we did pay traffic and grew that quite a bit. I sponsored the, uh, the daily deal conference in Chicago that had everyone in the industry. And, uh, I paid for the most expensive keynote spot where they get all the investors and top dogs and you get them steak and wine. You have 15 minutes, you know, of their time. And uh, my business partner had given me too many drinks before my, uh, <laughs> my time to talk. And I got up and basically said, you know, I don't really like doing this. And I, I really don't care about daily deals. We were lucky we just did this to make money. And, like, you know, if we have a booth. Come up to us if you want to, like, work with us or do something. And, you know, <laughs> long story short, we ended up selling the company um, because of that kind of 
snowball effect of, of what happened there was someone who was really into it and saw the thing and it's still thriving a, a bigger company bought it and has uh, most of the major daily deal sites running on it but it kind of gave me my out and uh, I just took some time to reassess I went to you know Vipassana meditation retreats and I ended up investing in a ski resort in Utah where I think this is about six years ago there's about 40 of us we bought a, a ski resort in Utah and I think I'm just addicted to things I don't know, like diving into the deep end and <laughs> figuring it out. Like I don't know any about real estate or any of that stuff. And now I kind of do know. I got a little nimble team around me, and I'm building the house there and selling it and going to build it more. And um, I just like learning how to do stuff by throwing myself in the deep end. You know, who knows if this island we rented is the best business decision? I actually <laughs> probably wasn't. it probably wasn't. Um, but I can tell you, me and Michael really excited. Like. You know, screw it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Let's let's rent this island. We got the cash right now. Let's do it. And see what happens. Um, so it's just been fun. I think that's been my learning style. It's like very relationship heavy. I love meeting other entrepreneurs, learning from their stories, and doing that rather than going through courses and workshops. Um, I think I can learn ten times more in that way. And you know, I've noticed with working with entrepreneurs, and I've coached some people and stuff. Um, Knowing your learning style is like crazy important to figure out how to have that success. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I thought I had to do it this way. Like college was not that way. I ended up finishing and stuff, but I mean, I cheated a lot and it wasn't something I liked. <laughs> I don't think I ever even opened my degree out of the envelope yeah. um, or ever applied for a job. Um, a internet thing was cooking well before I was done. But I learned that my learning style was like literally like sitting in the lobby at conferences and having drinks with other entrepreneurs and I could gain 10 years of knowledge in a weekend and never listen to one speaker, but just have one-to-one -one conversations over drinks and I was able to implement on that. And so I just pretty much invested and committed to that style of meeting great guys and girls who are doing good things and trying to be as helpful as I can to them and learning along the way. And he yielded a lot of stuff by not having crazy intense business plans and planning my life out and sort of riding the wave uh, mm -hmm. a little bit and being agile uh, has been really, really probably the most important thing to me is like not scheduling myself too much, not making five and 10 year plans, uh, making plans I know I can commit to and finish, but be totally open to changing the plan. Is that where the formation of baby bathwater came from? Yeah. I mean, it, is, it wasn't ever supposed to be a business. Um, like That's why it has this funny name. And, like, you know, essentially, Michael, um, I know you've talked to my business partner, he and I were essentially just conference buddies. We had separate companies, but for 10-plus years, we went to every conference together. Let's share hotel rooms and get drunk in the lobby together. And we liked the same people, and we definitely disliked the same thing. <laughs> like the heavy back of the room pitches and the MLM companies and the transactional people. Mm -hmm. um, and so we both moved to Boulder. We were still doing separate things, but we had all this time. So we threw our first dinner about almost five years ago now. We just rented this little, my favorite place to go out to eat is this crazy bar that you have to go out 20 minutes up this crazy dirt road to get to, and it's this old mining town. And we rented it out. And we invited, I don't know, I think 50 people out and said, hey, we're trying this idea. Uh, we know people like meeting and talking about business stuff, so we're going to throw a party if you want to come. And a bunch of people came. We, we each spent about 10 grand doing that. 
And that was sort of the snowball that started it all. And then I invested in the ski resort, and they were doing events there. And I was like, man, let's just commit to two a year out here. And the first one had 70 people, and then it had 150. And we decided 100 was about the right number. And, um, yeah, we just kind of grow organically, and we like feedback, and we have really tough skin, so we like like negative feedback if we can get it so we can make adjustments from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the biggest feedback in the last few years is that we've done a really good job with curating people who hate events but love people and want to come, and they, they're not just transactional. They want to learn from each other in a more organic way. And so we focused on as many industries as we can, not being just a show where people are going to come and just talk about how much they're crushing it. They're probably going to talk about the things that aren't working as well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of rally around that a little as well. Um, and then it kind of snowballed now into a membership where we've got uh, most of the people are in a membership, but they actually just pay for the year and come to all the events. And there's an online group where they participate and we're pretty hands-on at like creating connections for them and things like that as well. Um, so it's a really interesting business to run because I think uh, although we're not anywhere near like the revenue and profit as we have been in our internet businesses, it is this thing that has a whole other side of equity that's so much more valuable, which is all these yeah. amazing relationships and people we've really got to know and be a conduit for them to have all this other value. So like it's kind of like this open door for any other possibility as well. So I have a few questions before we dive more into yeah. baby bathwater. I'd, I'd like to know because I wasn't around during that time, but like when the internet, the the internet marketing wild wild west days, I'd like to little know a little bit more about kind of the scene and how it went down. I've heard a lot about it, and um, you know I've heard these great stories or fun, great stories and crazy stories. That's amazing. You guys were creating the first video sales letter. I'm just kind of curious, like what 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 was the scene like back then? Um, yeah, very good question. I mean, I spent so much time in shady little airport hotels with, uh, I don't know, just, it was so scrappy at the time. Like you had people who had no business background printing money. Um, and then you had people with business backgrounds trying so hard and not being able to figure it out. That was like a big thing I kind of noticed. Um, just because it went against the grain of like, you did not use the methods that, you know, I guess that the baby boomer generation grew up with, uh, of how to build a business. Like you didn't start with a business plan and all this stuff. You started like, okay, what's a good niche? What's a good offer? Like you tested very cheaply and you could get in for very little and start figuring things out. It was really, if people had high risk, um, it was funny enough, the people who were really successful, I noticed, and, uh, and rose quickly, they implemented quickly, pretty irreverently. They didn't need to plan and do a bunch of you know, business plans and spreadsheets and stuff. They just started, but they were all very good at persuasion and copy, and then they'd follow directions for the rest of the parts. There's courses and all these events going all the time to learn. And so, like, you had tons of people who, like, sold meat door-to-door or Cutco knives mm-hmm. or weed or fake IDs or something, mm-hmm. and, like, they just figured this out. And, you know, most of it, was a lot of that time was around email list building and getting really good at that. Um, but really, the Wild West days, it was funny. It was, it was not sophisticated business people. And a lot of the conferences had the bathwater we were, me and Michael were very keen of, of just people selling this snake oil miracles mm-hmm. and lots of courses and 
personal development guys who switched over and started selling, you know, create the lifestyle business thing, um, where they never actually did it. They just sold the opportunity rather than ever even doing it. Right. Um, so they have a really, really good kind of radar for bullshit to not just lose all your money on opportunities rather than just implementing. Um, but I mean, I still am really good friends with a lot of the people I met or I didn't even, I don't think I even had the privilege, me and Michael joke about this all the time, we now have the privilege of ethics and understanding. Then it was just like, kind of trying to figure out how to make a buck, and then what did you learn from that? And then you, you played the next thing. And then like before I did the software companies and the video sales letters and stuff, like I have no idea how many things we tried and did. Like I brought uh, this box of private label books from everything, quitting smoking weed and picking boogers and got good at Google ads. <laughs> It was funny that, that the quitting picking boogers thing was a real niche with tons of Google searches. <laughs> and I bought a private label book on it that I think I maybe spent a thousand bucks for the rights to sell it, you know, endlessly for my own amount and build email list of that and like was able to put in less money in ads than I got out selling the book and learned how that worked. Um, so that learning phase was crazy because you could pretty much try anything and the competition was low. And if you were just willing to stay up all night and, and be good at figure out how to write copy and test and not get your feelings hurt when things didn't work, there was a lot of success. Do you think it um, helped you that you were studying direct marketing when you were really young? Did that have a play? Yeah. On? Yeah. Even though I don't think I even knew I was studying it, I was just like doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I read that one thing and then I just kept working on my letter because I always associated that time that I took time to write up a letter and print a ton of them and hand them out as I got a result from it. And so there was that psychological loop that I kind of hung on to and kept, kept doing. Um, and I've always liked it. Like I still get really excited about direct mail. Um, so it's like, I don't think the internet stuff is what excited me the most as much as I loved um, businesses that I could understand were like multi-channel businesses that are funded and these big brands. Like I didn't quite, no one ever really knows how it all works. Like, you know, they're doing debt financing and all this stuff where I liked when I understood you made a product for X, you sold it for more than you made it, but the customer saw more value than they paid. Like just very simple, understandable business is what I've always enjoyed. Um, like I did a consultation yesterday. I flew out and I don't even advertise consulting or ever do it, but the guy just, you know, made me an offer to do it. And he's got a private jet charter company that only operates like in California. And they're doing a membership offer for it. And we were working on the direct mail piece to go out for it. Um, it's still just really fun. And the psychology of it, I think I really enjoy. Uh, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's been interesting. I think I get bored too. So that's why I jump around all over the place. I can honestly say Baby Bathwater is the longest I've ever stuck with, with a thing. And mm -hmm. I feel like we're actually just getting started. How old is it now? Uh, almost five years. Okay, cool. I think you said you use some learning style or personality tests to understand how you learn better. Is that correct? Uh, no. So actually, I think it's funny. This is, uh, I think most of those tests are kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, like the, 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 there's baby and there's bathroom. All of them are a business. And I think from selling so much personal development and seeing how it all worked, I know that they overinflate the power of the tool, like the Colby test and all those things. Right. I think they're they're good guiding lines, but uh, the same way I think I learned from real conversations with real people. Um, I learned by like I've done all those tests and I, I do tons of work on that kind of stuff. But I, 
I based the answers on the results I received from them. And I knew, you know, learning certain learning styles and things I had, I just didn't work. I become frustrated where some, you know, all it took was asking one-to-one questions with a lot of people and then being able to get a result from it where I know a bunch of people who that wouldn't work for. Like they don't have the ability to have those conversations, but they have more patience to sit down and read a book and take notes and, you know, go through courses and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think I've become very good because of some of my quote unquote mental handicaps, uh, of leaning into my strengths and away from my weaknesses. Makes sense. And you mentioned something that really kind of, uh, struck a chord for me. You said you, Michael and you have gained the privilege of ethics and mm-hmm. I'm curious if you can dive a little bit deeper into how you guys define that and where that comes from. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a little pot calling the kettle black when I talk about selling a business opportunity before you did it. Like there was a few times I sold info courses because I knew it would work, but I didn't actually do it. And I knew I'd make more money selling the opportunity. And, you know, we wouldn't have people who did that in baby bathwater and groups like that. And at some point, people are doing stuff for a buck. Uh, if you're just starting out, you have to leave your corporate job or you're having a kid or there's some life scenario, like you're going to do what you got to do to make it work. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, we have the privilege if we had these other businesses and we have passive income and savings and things like that where we can forego short-term wins for long-term benefits and, and keeping those ethics. Um and with Baby Bathwater, that's like the most important part. Like we literally have the saying that's gone around the office a lot, which is like, we win by losing all the time. Like we're very much always asking like, so why is this person in that position? Let's, let's work with them to make this work. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we could probably take more money for this deal, but I'd rather be on the side of them owing us a favor than taking all the cash and like constantly trying to take, it's not even the the higher road. It's like the, the road that creates the most fairness and understanding so that we have a long-term advantage with the least amount of drama and hiccups and um, our name is the most important thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great because it's like those, there's so many people that will take that fast buck, right? And and especially like, Mm -hmm. especially you see it in the crypto industry happening now, like we saw it in real estate in the past, mm-hmm. dot, you know, like dot com boom in the past, stock market booms and busts. But, you know, um, people just dive into that fast buck instead of going for that long term focus because it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. Oh, right? it's it's insane. And uh, I and I know the, the Walker brothers really well who did this thing called the, the product launch formula. Yeah. And that's kind of what everyone followed. And I probably did 15 of those launches. But it was a similar thing where it was more of a cash grab than a business. Um, like you build all this momentum and do all this stuff, kind of like our video sales letter launch. We did PLF kind of launch for that. We made a bunch of money. We had to scale up customer support and get all these affiliates all for this one moment in time. But then there's like no existing business after that or goodwill. Like you created false scarcity and urgency and all this stuff. And you, you knew in the back of your heart the whole time it wasn't real. And, and, you know, the customers did too, but you did such a good job following the system and doing the thing that worked where we now say like no more launches ever, but we will help on grand openings. Like you could do a cool offering to get a, a business or a product out started and get and use a lot of those tactics and tools, but you can scrape off about half of them maybe achieve half the result on your launch, 
but you're going to have longevity right. versus this massive boost of effort and energy. And then you're left with no real business and then you're just kind of stuck on a hamster wheel. So, you know, you forego a little upfront, easy cash, but you still want to be successful and you need that momentum to get moving. But if you're going to have, you're going to keep going forward, um, planning on a little bit of the longer haul can be very beneficial. I think to just stress and well-being overall. I'm curious if you know, two or three entrepreneurs or organizations that um, you're fond of that also you believe really has that long-term focus where they're well, they'll, where they will forego the, the the quick buck to make sure that whatever they're building the business or the movement or the the community is really solid and it's the the, the community or the business or the movement first yeah, totally. I mean, I think I, I see them often, and a lot of them are like the people I think are in our group, and that's like why we're working with them. Um, you know, a great example, there's this company, Dry Farm Wines, that was really small when they uh, started out, um, and they're in our group, but like he was supplying us with free wine for every event and just really had... Uh, the vision for where he wanted to go. And now he's probably one of the most successful people in the group. Uh, I don't know if you'd be comfortable telling how much he's making, but like it is obscene. Um, but you wouldn't have seen that coming by the way he did. But he very much had our approach of win by losing and just, you know, having faith in the long-term relationships and doing things like we do. Well, we'll, we'll do referrals and stuff where you could probably get a second tier or a commission, but I'd rather not get that little piece. I'd rather have the longevity of those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I saw him do that really well and a massive handful of people in the group. And then someone out of the group I've been watching really close. He's like, you know, because we have a lot of folks in the supplement world and I've seen that be one of the scammiest ones around. Right. You know, the ability to do it right. Like, I appreciate how Onnit runs their business. Um, I have a call with the, the guy who started that here shortly because I just sent him a letter saying how much I appreciated that they're spending the money on clinical trials and they're not doing forced continuity and they – you know, they just do it really well for a space that does a lot of things really poorly. Um, so that is another part that goes into play, which is what I love about a lot of people at our event. They ask that next question. And the reason I picked on it when I probably got a handful of members who are good examples is they're in an industry that yields itself to do, doing the opposite. And it's harder to do that when there's all these available quick levers to pull. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really appreciate when people can, uh, you know, bite into the long term of like I just this entrepreneur's hero thing that's going on is a really interesting kind of trend um, when it, it's really just you know we're just people who are, are doing something because we want uh, a different way for ourselves it's way more stressful I don't really kind of buy into it but uh, the ability to have a little self-control as you move forward and, and see the long goal and like I, entrepreneurs at the end of the day, you're just supposed to be solving problems versus creating them. Um, and I think the people who are really trying to solve an actual problem with the thing that they're putting their energy in for the day. And I don't know if it's like, you know, so you can sleep at night, but it's like more, it's more than that. Um, you know, anybody can sleep at night selling, you know, something decent. They don't have to be ripping people off, but taking that extra step to really like making the energy you're putting out be worth, worth the effort. Yeah, makes sense. All right, man. So you're so we're going into actually it's just a couple of weeks away, right? Baby Bathwater Croatia, your first event in Europe. 
You guys rented an island off the coast of Split, Croatia, which I've been to Split a few times and amazing, amazing, amazing place. So so tell us a little bit about Baby Bathwater. How many members are there now? Yeah, so in our membership, I believe we had about 80 people there. It was uh, 30, then 50, then 60, then 80, and we're going to go to 100, and then we're just going to stop uh, growing and just put kind of a waiting list on it. Um and some, so the members very yeah just how they qualify so the mem- yeah yeah so the membership it's kind of interesting like we're very big on the date before you get married thing and that's why <laughs> you know we we've tried to make our events reasonably priced I kind of looked at the landscape of it and most people are charging about 10k and then you got to still pay for your room and there's probably a few upsells that'll be there and um, we're like well let's do it a little less let's do it like around the $7,500 mark so it's still high level valuable people and they're going to get an ROI. But let's go ahead and make everything all inclusive and stuff as well. Let's just make this easy to attract the right people who we don't have to push it uphill. Um, and we also don't want to sell a membership to someone who's going to be committing to a year of being involved in a bunch of entrepreneurs unless they've had a chance to meet some of those people, get a feel for the company, get a feel for what it stands for and who they're going to be interacting with. And so our quote-unquote funnel is basically, you know, we've been doing two events a year at Powder Mountain. Someone comes to that, they're like, these are my people. This is my thing. I want more. We just do a yearly membership that includes kind of the events that we're doing, plus an online group and some just, I guess, a little more resources and help. Um, and it's been a very, very simple funnel. We, you know, we charge a little more than we, we have to pay for the event as long as it fills up. Um, and, uh, you know, the membership is just a cost that makes that all very simple. It allows us to put our energy and our team's energy operationally on helping them throughout the year kind of achieve their goals. And so the reason we're doing this event in Europe is like diversity is the key to, I think, a lot of the magic that that is happening in the group. And I just wanted more culture. Um, And I wanted one final sprint push to just get some really fresh new blood and new ideas and new people to join. And so we've made it like a more reasonable price than we've ever done um, because we kind of bet big and we (laughs) spent most of our nest egg putting the large deposit down up front so we could afford to do it right. Um, And yeah, so now we'll have hopefully, you know, I've already seen the the list. It's pretty much, you know, kind of on the the last few days, I leave in seven days for this uh, of of who's coming. I was going through the list. It's just really diverse culturally, uh, industry wise, but everyone's kind of just got a mid-sized business they're very humble, but extremely competent and successful. Um, and just they, they don't think they have these things. They're not like the attitude of I'm God's gift here. It's because I started a, an ebook or a podcast or a brand or an e-commerce company. They generally know there's something to learn from everyone. They know what they know, but more importantly, they know what they don't know. Um, and this is the kind of environment they want to learn. And they also want to get refreshed and have a good time and have you know unique experiences. And so I think our vision moving forward is this will probably be the last time we do something of this nature. And then we'll move to kind of a membership only organization with maybe one event a year to, to bring in new blood. Uh, we're kind of in the process of making those final decisions right now. Makes sense. And, and the requirements to go to Croatia is seven figure business, correct? Seven figure a uh, year? Yes, we know. Yeah. We never really asked that question. It's uh-huh. sort of self-evident when we do our interview that like, if you're not doing, you know, seven figures in your business, the most likely it's probably not worth it. And the content and the conversation, like you'll have a great time, you have good food, you meet fun people, 
but you're not at that point where a lot of these things are going to be valuable. So right. we try to have that conversation with people. Although I do have some people who are six figure businesses who are like the, you know, talent that, you know, there's a couple really good like Facebook advertisers who they just lean on purpose mm-hmm. or they're in a niche that's lean. Like I have a couple people who are more, uh, give back oriented businesses and they may have funds from other places, but they're still having the same grow and scale thing. So, what we're looking for is people who are in the grow and scale phase who have been through it a few times are very grounded and they understand that like you're never crushing it when you're crushing one thing, something else is falling off. Like there's a balance <laughs> that yeah. it's always being achieved and having those conversations there. So like if I was to, you know, have to make a deck and a demonstration for an investor, or something, it's mostly seven, eight and a few nine figure guys who run these businesses. This is not their first rodeo. They, can in 10 minutes get an ROI on the whole event by having the right conversations. Yeah. But they really want to be around peers and have a good time. But we also know the value. Like I get on a call sometime and it might be someone who is, you know, maybe at a different level on their way up. But the amount of skill they have, we've had a few crazy like, you know, social media guys or copywriters or Facebook advertisers who are just so good at what they do. And we just stumble upon talent that the personality matches. So there's about 10% of people like that. I got a few athletes who are kind of their own brand and their own business. and They're looking to collaborate with other people as an influencer and some of those. But it's a very small percentage. The, The mass is, you know, the founder of a moderately successful business that's continuing to grow. And they just want to learn more about that. So what can what can people expect that that want to go to Croatia? Or, I mean, what's the event going to be like? Yeah, so basically the way we do them, very similar format to what we do at Powder Mountain. But we added an additional day. We made it more affordable. And it's, you know, in the middle of the Adriatic Sea, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so essentially... Uh, we rented this private island. It actually holds like up to 800 people. We'll probably only have about 150 people there. Um, as far as experience-wise, you know, we take care of everything from transfers to and from the airport. They get to the island. It's all inclusive, food, beverage, um, activities, content the whole time. And it's more of like a choose-your-own-adventure model. So we have an app that goes on their phone. And there's no handing out of business cards or back-of-the-room sales and things like that. Everybody's kind of published on there. They can meet each other before or after and stay connected to the app. And then the schedule's posted there. And like right now, there's three stages that'll be there going all day, every day, um, that run the island of content. Something might be on you know, actual human performance. And maybe they're talking about the ketogenic diet or maybe they're talking about microdosing. They have, you know, multiple PhDs come in to talk about some of these subjects that a lot of entrepreneurs loosely play with. And so peak performance is an important part of being a functioning entrepreneur. And the other stage is probably more on marketing and growth and scale. And then the other stage will be a panel that we put together with attendees around subjects. And those just happen all day um, like if you're at a music festival there's music playing all day and you're going to go to the stuff that's relevant and then when there's stuff that's not relevant you're going to spend that time maybe paddle boarding with a new friend or going on the catamaran or doing a workout class or a yoga class or grabbing a bottle of todd's wine and sitting down and, <laughs> and having a conversation with someone new um and then we all kind of gather at night and we we do go crazy on the food one of my really close friends is this amazing master chef and uh you know, all organic and healthy, really good meals. And we do a big dinner every night. And then, uh, then we cut loose after that. And we have live music and dancing and boogieing and fun. And some people, you know, uh, a good way to put it is, you know, it's people who appreciate staying up till the sun comes up, but also appreciate being up 
before it comes up and it's <laughs> like they're good at they're good at picking both sides and kind of finding the balance of both um and being healthy and refreshed having a good time but also like you know being surrounded by that kind of energy and all these people like you want to blow off a little steam and have fun and cut loose and appreciate all the hard work as well what are you looking forward to most in croatia uh, I think, you know, I, I, me and Michael joke about this all the time. We've gotten so dialed with our events that we've been doing here because we've been doing it the same for a while. Like, the chaos of it is so much fun. Like, we can plan, and we are, like, pretty SWAT teamy in the way we run these events and really good. But I'm really looking forward to all this new energy that this is – I've seen the power of putting this kind of people together with the format and the way we do it that just feels right so much new blood in this new place and a little bit of the scrappiness of it being the first time. Like I went and looked at the testimonials from the first event we ever did. And there's all this like, man, I hope it stays this, that was magic. And there's this worry once something becomes efficient and a business that it changes it's sort of the, the beauty of the organicness of something that's the first time. Right. Um, and so I'm just excited for that. And I think the enhancement of being on an Island so that, no one's leaving. There's no getting in cars or dealing with like just kind of day to day distraction. Like we're just going to be there and adding an additional day, I think is going to help so much because like right when people find their groove, it's usually time to go. And this way, you know, a full five days of being there, like people will actually settle in and they were not going to think about leaving for a while. And I, and I really enjoyed that. Hollis, man, great podcast here. Is there anything else? I'm stoked about Baby Bathwater and any listeners. Definitely you should get signed up and come this year if possible. But uh, anything else, Hollis, that you would like to add about Croatia or Baby Bathwater before we sign off? No, I mean, uh, I I don't know when you're going to publish this, but obviously, uh, you know, who knows if we're going to do it again. If this sounds like something of reality, it's definitely like, you know, might be one of the, the only times we have to do this. And uh, we just love to, I've enjoyed you know, uh, my part, my other two partners have both just talked so highly of you and how you are with people and your ethics and, and where you stand in the world that I imagine the, the folks that you attract are very similar as well. And so just love to offer the opportunity because um, it is a small world, even though we're, we're all, all around the planet. Yeah. You know, it's so amazing. Like those conversations you have can literally change the course of your whole life. And uh, it's it's really powerful to have. And we can all go on vacations to private islands and do that stuff. But you're not going to be pulling up to dinner every night with someone new who's actually going to like it's so rare when I go on vacation and I meet like another couple or another person that gives me that conversation that's like just sends me into overdrive and really excited. And I feel like that happens the whole time you're there it's it's amazing the energy that comes out of events like this especially around such high caliber people that the ideas and the fuel that can you know send you on working non-stop for 16 hours for the next six months not that you have to do that but you know you get those ideas that really uh make it make it uh make that passion happen so uh, i love it that's why i do events and i know it sounds like you guys absolutely are doing a great job of that too i'm excited for it listeners i've seen some of you guys lurking around on facebook talking about how awesome it would be to go to baby bathwater in croatia don't think about it too much. Just call up uh, Hollis or Michael 
and uh, see if you can get a spot before it ends. Hollis, man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Your story was amazing. Thank you for sharing all your tips and tricks and all your wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it. And I uh, can't wait to uh, be enjoying a little time in the middle of nowhere with you. It's been great. And the best place to, to check out the Croatia event is is at babybathwater.com com forward slash yeah so if you go to just yeah if you just go to baby bathwater it has all the events listed and stuff there and uh and that'll take you there uh one more thing tell us the tell us the, the meaning of the name oh yeah so i mean most people probably know the same but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater like don't throw out something great just because there's something bad um and you know you can you can google it and see if you want to know the lineage of it basically there's one bathtub in a whole town and you know, the men went first and the women and the kids and all this. And sometimes I guess it happened where a baby <laughs> got thrown out because the water was so bad. Um, I kind of view the business world as something like I don't like necessarily business and sales and stuff for the most part, but they're necessary. Like if we all just design great products without anyone to sell them, no one would ever see it. And it was, like I said, this is an accidental business. It was supposed to be a little irreverent. We didn't want to be the 25K group or next level mastermind or something like that. We wanted people who were down not to take things so seriously, but also just be sort of grounded and there's always good and bad. And there's never going to be this perfect, you know, situation and being comfortable with the way life really is. And um, honestly, the, the real, real, real truth behind it is Michael and I used this as a way to talk about events. He'd be like, how was it? And I'd be like, uh, you know, there was some baby there, but it was mostly bathwater. <laughs> and that was just like sort of our language. And then we created an LLC to do our first consulting gig with that name. And we just didn't change it. It's great, man. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, we won't throw any babies out with the bathwater in Croatia or else they'll end up in a, the sea with the, uh, the sharks. Yeah. Hollis, thanks again, man. Thank you so much. Listeners, I want to thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll wrap it up there and see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners. Thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.